It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. All right, inside the Gamecocks, the show on a hump day, <clears throat> packed hump day today. It's kind of become a condensed week because uh, Carolina plays football tomorrow night. J.G. Uh, <laughs> Sherbert and Phil Mullinax are here with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, packed show today, uh, all guests uh, cutting out at 1230 uh, as well. Um, and we're going to get right to it. Nana Sports Chat Boxers, we're going to actually bring you in. Uh, with our guest today, you know, throw you all in the swimming pool and let you swim around. How about that? Uh, you know, because we, we're, we're packed with guests. We've got to get out at 1230. We got Evan from Tito's and Chicken coming up, Evan Woodbury, and he's, he's making his debut here on the show today. Uh, today's poll question, which we'll discuss, uh, your favorite Thursday night Gamecock win. Um, and uh, on the poll, uh, you know, you're limited with your options. And so I didn't include the win over Kentucky in 07. I probably should have. Uh, but I put Spurrier's first game, uh, this birth of Sandstorm in 2009 when they beat Ole Miss, which was then the highest-ranked win in program history uh, over number four. And then 01, uh, my friend Skipper's bachelor party night. I remember it well, most of it. Uh, it was Carolina's uh, first college football game after 9-11. Uh, Carolina went on the road and beat a – you want to talk about a hard-hitting football game, beat a really tough, physical – very they're very physical – they're going to beat you at the point of attack. Andrew Pinnock with an outstanding run at the end. It clicked the game for us uh, over Mississippi State at the time. And at the time, if you guys don't remember, uh, Carolina beat Mississippi State the year before with the fade pass. <laughs> uh, and that had been the first time in a long time. And then to go on the road to Starkville and win, which has been a house of horrors, uh, that's fine. Good morning, all from the Pacific Northwest, our chat boxers, John, uh, up in the Smoky Pack. Uh, Brewster Washington, Xavier chimes in. And Craiger, uh, who is an infamous chat boxer, says he just finished the latest Tito's and Chicken Pod. And with that, we're bringing in our guest, Evan Woodbury. Man, what's up? Welcome into the show. Uh, excited to have you here. Sorry about last week, but, uh, you know, sometimes good things come to those who wait, right? So we're yeah, out glad to have like you in today. I like it. JC, um, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Phil, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate this opportunity. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to have you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to, great to be great to have you here. I've, I've been meaning to do it. Hopefully, this is the one of many appearances that you will make. Yeah. For those of you that want to listen to Tito's and Chicken, it's available on iTunes, Apple Pods, um, Spotify, right? Uh, yep, St- Spotify, Stitcher. Yep. Pod buggy on and all, all that. major platforms, yeah, all major platforms, and it's a good list, and it's it's really fun and funny, and also very informative, uh, and some good analysis on there too. I've been a guest there a couple of times myself. Um, one more thing before we get to the hard hitting stuff. I mean, this is hard hitting. If you're in the path of this storm, you know, I woke up this morning. Sometimes the media these days, whenever there's a storm, they kind of over overplay it a little bit. That's not the case with, with Hurricane Ian. Uh, if you're on the west coast of Florida or anywhere in the storm's path, we, we are praying for you. Uh, hang in there because uh, it looks really, really nasty. Uh, and that's why South Carolina's got a game tomorrow night because they, they didn't feel like they could safely pull it off on Saturday. Evan, your thoughts. Uh, first of all, answer the poll question. What, what, what's your favorite uh, Gamecock win on a Thursday night? You, you kind of look back on it, and there's been many. 
Uh, yeah, we've been uh, we've done very well on Thursday nights. Um, I would say the old Miss uh, when we had uh, what year was that? I'm trying to go back here. Was that 2004? Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Excuse me. Garcia. Garcia's first year. Together here. Yeah. <laughs> 2009. Yeah, I would have to go with the old Miss win for sure. Yeah, that was uh, that was a big time win. Um, I remember uh, I was there. I was actually living in Columbia at the time. Me and my the ex-wife went and uh, that was kind of the birth of Sandstorm uh, in that game. And, you know, really good defensive battle. Ole Miss came in right fourth in the country. Gamecocks win uh, 16 uh, to 10 uh, in that one. Um, so, you know, Charlotte last week, uh, Gamecocks rallied in the second half or kind of got better in the second half, one going away. Uh, Evan, give me some of your keys to tomorrow night. Like, what, what, what would you like to see out of this Gamecock football team uh, when they play SC State uh, in kind of a, a different, unique sort of situation, but uh, you still got to go play ball? Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, well, against Charlotte, we were able to have a rushing attack. Uh, that was very nice to see for sure, uh, allowing Marshawn, uh, Chris, uh, CBS, both, to, both of those guys having a good game. I would like to see the passing attack unfold a little bit against uh, SC State here. Uh, let uh, let uh, Rattler go out there and just swing it, uh, sling it around. You know, it'll be nice to see him. Uh, he had a very, I, I'm trying to be nice saying this, very lackluster performance against Charlotte going, uh, what, 17 for 23, 187 yards with no touchdowns. You know, you would think – he would put up video game numbers against the worst defense in the country, literally the worst. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to see Spencer come out slinging around and let's get let's get him going for Kentucky. We're going to need offense or excuse me. We're going to need the rushing attack and passing attack to be strong in that game next weekend in Lexington. Yeah, you got to have balance, I think. And, um, you know, I, I, depending on the conditions, because it could be windy. And, and, you know, sometimes when it rains, people think, well, just keep it on the ground and all that. You can actually throw the ball pretty well in the rain because the defensive backs don't know where the receivers are going. And so they slip. And so sometimes people are wide open. But wind, uh, you know, that was that was one thing uh, Coach Spurrier used to say. He's like, shoot, I don't like wind. You know, it, it rains fine, but shoot. <laughs> Windy. That's the windy because it blows the ball around. Yeah, uh, so you can be inaccurate. But I, I'd like to see that too. I, I'd like to see some bounce. I, I thought Spencer Rattler. It was it was a quiet performance by him, but I, I thought he was quiet. pretty pretty efficient. Uh, you know, they kind of got him rolling out of the pocket and you know threw some short passes, comfortable passes, that kind of thing, and relied on the yeah. run game. But yeah, uh, I, I would like to say I've been preaching balance on offense, and I think. Uh, Evan, I'll see what you think about this. You know, this offense uh, under Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield, you know, through 17 games, uh, I, I think it's proven one thing, uh, that when South Carolina is able to line up and run it all over a team, uh, the offense works. Yeah. You no, know? agreed. Agreed, yeah. So that's um, – uh, That's what I was trying to uh, – I was talking about in the last ep- our last episode, Tears and Chicken, a- identity. You know, what are we? Are we a running team or we're a passing team? You know, we, we kind of got to get that figured out once we get an SEC play, you know. Definitely. So. Coming coming up against Kentucky, that's going to be that's going to be difficult uh, uh, if if they don't do have that, if they don't have that balance. Um, man, as Port's chat box, uh, they've got a lot to say here. The They're like uh, Ole Miss. Uh, and then that game against Kentucky that I 
I'm kicking myself for not including that in the poll because I was at that game as well. Eric Norwood. The Eric two. Norwood game, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was at 38-23, speaking of Kentucky. Um, you know, so that's the whole thing. Craiger says, if we don't sling it around this week, Kentucky's going to stuff the box, take Lloyd away. Their linebackers are some of the best in the league. Um, don't you think – I mean, do you agree with that, Evan, like that, that that's, uh, that's kind of a key going into that, you know, through this game and then the game of the Wildcats? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and it, and I said this earlier too. It's Kentucky, where they're. I mean, they're a lot better than they have been in previous years. That's for sure. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. Um, it's going to be a tough one. I'm gonna just leave it at that for, our, and I'll talk much more about that on our breakdown next episode. But it's gonna. Our, we're gonna have our hands full for sure against Kentucky. South Carolina State uh, comes in. Uh, you're from South Carolina, correct? Uh, and, you know, went to USC, you know, your thoughts about this game, you know, and playing the, you know, the FCS programs with, within the state. I, I tend to think myself, I like, you know, if you're going to play an FCS team, it's probably good. You know, it's, it's more interesting, you know, as somebody that's from the Palmetto state to play like an SC state or a Furman than maybe an Eastern Illinois. Yeah, your no, I, I think it's good for the state for sure. Um, Playing, you know, playing SC State, which is what I would say, what, 20, 30 minutes down mm-hmm. 26, uh, not far at all. No, I, I think it's going to be a good showing of Bulldog fans, obviously Gamecock fans as well. Uh, I know I'm going to be excited to watch their band uh, at halftime. I know that's going to draw uh, a lot of people there. Uh, you know, they, they got one, a very solid band, very good band, excuse me. So, um yeah, I think it's going to be a good showing of Bulldog fans for sure. The marching 101. It's always great <clears throat> to, to, yeah. to see them. And um, a lot of those HBCU bands are really fun to watch. Oh, um, sure. Absolutely. It's part of the pageantry uh, of that particular uh, level of brand of football, which uh, I've always had great respect for. It. I kind of uh, – they moved all the HBCU uh, teams to the spring after the, you know during the pandemic oh, yeah, uh, for spring of 2021 so i adopted alabama state as like my team for the spring man because my buddy <laughs> coach there so i've got some alabama state hornets gear and stuff like that they had a good band too so uh yeah. fam probably has the best one i would think if, if i'm just kind of reading the tea leaves on hbcu bands um okay yeah. choo-choo has a question and i'll, I'll give this to, to evan because we'll switch sides of the ball uh, do you think the D-line will play like they did in the second half versus Charlotte against SEC teams? Seems like they've been using technique that allowed teams to push them around. What changed? Do you see it improving now? Okay, so this is against SC State, this question? D- yeah, he said SEC, but SC State, the D-line in general, moving okay. forward. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, they should play how they played in the second half against SC State. I mean – it's how can I say this? It's it's not even really a competition between the two lines. You know, we got four and five star guys on the our defensive line. It should not even it should be an easy day for those guys to get back there, cause havoc, uh, get to Corey Fields, their quarterback, stop their rushing game. Um, I'm look I'm looking at Birch. Uh he quietly had a solid second half um against Charlotte. Um, I'm, I'm going to be looking at him, be looking at Pickens, those guys who we need to just step up a little bit more so they can be ready for Kentucky because we're going to need them badly, you know. So Absolutely. And just talking to some people that, you know, have covered Kentucky and looked at Kentucky this year, they're not, they're not quite as good on the offensive line as they used to be because uh, historically they've had one of the better 
offensive lines in the league, recent history, right? Because uh, they go in there and take those big Ohio kids, right? You know, and, and, and they, there's always a slew of offensive line prospects up there. Um, they're not quite like they were. I, I think Will Levis running the ball uh, is probably – you know what what you worry about in that situation you yeah. have to have gap integrity and all that uh to do that lady Bree says doesn't any offense work when the run game works absolutely that's probably my point this is interesting uh oh southern university set the standard for hbc band straight jukebox yeah you're right i forgot okay. about that um you know so this is interesting from Colin. He says, if we don't score a touchdown in the first quarter against SC State, it might have a seizure. No, <laughs> the slow starts will be the death yeah. of me in Gamecock football. Uh, what do you make of the slow starts? That's That's been a trend around here for a little bit. It's been tough. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I was at the Charlotte game. Um, I had a few choice words in that stadium. I was, I was a little loud. I'll, I'll be honest with you there. But, um, you know, that offensive explosion we had in the second half, I didn't see that coming with the way how the first half was going, you know, 20 to 14 at halftime. No one saw that. Let's be honest. But, um, yeah, the slow starts, we got to stop. We got to stop with those. And I, I keep saying this. You cannot go into SEC play uh, having a slow start. You cannot. So we got we to gotta fix that up a little bit, you know. So, Yeah. Yeah, but that's why I, I kind of hope we see a more balanced attack. I know, you know, the, we got the running game going last week, and that was good. I, I, my gut tells me we're going to focus, you know, intently on passing, but I don't know if that benefits us just to, you know, shift gears and then have to put a balanced game together against an SEC opponent. That's why I'm like, I'm hoping we see a more balanced offense this week, uh, one that, you know, gets a faster start. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't. There was no reason last week, but it happened. Obviously, we made some adjustments, but hey, you got to come off the ball quick <laughs> on Thursday night. You know, you got to get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll say this too, Phil, to your point, and, and Evan, I'll get your take on this. I, I, I don't think it was the, the, you know, obviously Carolina ran the ball a whole lot because then they couldn't stop it, and that was the key. But it, it, the passing game, I, I, I'm not so sure that it, it was more that they did not pass that. Uh, but the, the fact that, the, that they weren't going vertical a whole lot, yeah. you know, it was a lot of short pat controlled short passes and, you know, you, you throw it out in the flat and the Marion Brown runs 10, 15 yards, J- Jalen Brooks, that kind of thing. Um, you know, so I, I'd like to see him go downtown. I mean, you got juice Wells, you got a Marion Brown, uh, Josh Van's been missing in action. I hated that his punt return got called back because he needs to get going, but uh, you know, you got Jaheim Bell. Where was Jaheim? You know, the other night that was that. If I had one problem with the offense uh, against Charlotte, it was probably that Jaheim Bell was on a milk carton again. So, Evan, what do you make about Jaheim Bell and uh, his lack of touches this year? Uh, oh, how can I say this in a nice way? I just feel we're not really utilizing him the way he should be utilized in the offense. You know, this guy literally can do everything. From lining up receiver, tight end, running back, H back, whatever you, whatever he can do it all. Uh, we just we got to get we got to get him touching the ball. We have the playmakers on offense to do way more than what we're doing. So um, yeah, no, I agree. We 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 got to get him going. We got to get Josh Vant going. Yeah. You know? So I mean, that yeah. There's only one football, but man, I mean, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a blessing, you know, I think, uh, and, and it's not like, you know, 
like I felt bad for Juice Wells after the Georgia game, and you know, and and, and that's another trend that's a little been a little disturbing that I'd like to see changed around here is that uh, guys have big games and the next game they disappear. It's like they're not even, you know. I mean, now whether that's intentional uh, or that's coaching, whether that's yeah. I just didn't have a good game. I, I you know, I don't know, but I. I, uh, you know, Juice goes eight for 189. He's leading the SEC in receiving, and then the next week, no targets. None. So Spencer Rattler. up on the score chart. <laughs> uh, so frustrating. Um, wrapping it up here with Evan uh, Woodbury from the uh, Tito's and Chicken podcast. Uh, you can get that podcast. Uh, it's awesome uh, on all your podcasting platforms. And please uh, go like it and subscribe. It's free because – that helps him move up in the podcasting rankings in the yeah, podcast world and, and, and his people <laughs> that are on there. Um, I, uh, you know, uh, Spencer Rattler, uh, you know, because we're talking about quarterback play. There's, you know, I don't think he's played his best game yet for South Carolina. No. I think the best is yet to come. But kind of your take on him through uh, four games heading into game five. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's middle of the pack right now in the SEC in passing. I think he's just shy of a thousand yards. I, I'm just, we haven't seen, like you just said, we haven't seen the best yet. I, I feel, I feel against Charlotte. He kind of, we didn't let, we didn't let him sling it around. Like I thought he was going to be able to do. Yeah. He, like I said, 17 for 23, 187 yards, but it's Charlotte. We, we're thinking he's going to pass for, I don't know, I don't 25 for 30, 300-something yards, something like that. But, you know, I'm hoping to see more of that for the South Carolina State game because we have to get him going, not even a question. But the force throws, they have to stop. Um, yeah. I think that's in the back of his head as well. That's why I think he didn't toss it around that much against Charlotte. But um, just open it up with him against SC State. Let's see what he can do. Because we, we need everybody on offense firing on all cylinders coming into Lexington next Saturday. Um, it's, um, Craig points out that Chris Marler on that SEC podcast at Kentucky kind of sucks. No. <laughs> uh, Will Levitz has thrown four picks, and they've been out rushed in three or four games. And Craig doesn't agree. I don't agree that they suck. I think they're, yeah. they are who they've been. And they may – the ranking is very high just because they haven't lost a game. But, yeah. you know – Northern Illinois, Kentucky every year has that one game where they struggle against a lesser opponent. Last year was Chattanooga, for example. Uh, I don't we read a whole lot in Northern Illinois, only losing by eight to them. And uh, the Huskies lost by 10 to Vandy. Transitive properties going to get you beat in college football. And they do get Chris Rod- they do get Chris Rodriguez back for this old miss game this weekend. So I, I think uh hmm. When they were talking about him being out over the summer and then they went and got a kid from the portal and, oh, you know, I, and Stoops was so coy about it and wouldn't answer questions about it. I said, he'll be back by that Carolina game. That's game six. Yeah, he'll be back. And he's sure enough back. To, they got through the, the Florida and the, the, the three stooges there. And uh, <laughs> and now he's back, and he's a gamecock. He's what we call a gamecock killer. He's up there with Darren McFadden and Madre Hill and Matt Jones. All the running back played at Arkansas, and you know all those guys. You know for year Charlie Whitehurst from Clemson. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to agree that it, you know our, our lines of scrimmage can can hold up against them. I don't. I don't. 
you know, I want to see how this game goes tomorrow night and all that. So do you got a score prediction for us, Evan, for tomorrow night? And we'll get you out of here. It's a tremendous debut here on the show. Yeah, um, I am at a 42-10 South Carolina wins against the Mighty Bulldogs. 42 to 10. Yeah. It's uh for their 10. I hope I uh, hope Shaq Davis gets a touchdown. I really like their, their wide receiver. Uh, I do Shaq too. Bond and I, uh, that's a quick question I have for you. Guys from the Somerville area, uh did we we weren't looking at him during the time of recruiting or what? During that time, South Carolina missed on a bunch of in-state receivers. I was, yeah, I was gonna I was really confused about that. The kid at Virginia and during 2020 was all, all freshman, all ACC. Yeah. We, we, we don't even need to talk about Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even that kid, uh, Elijah Spencer from Dutch Fork that plays for Charlotte, you know, is, is really good. Uh he could have probably started at South Carolina at least. 2020 and 2021 maybe during not. that time yeah for sure yeah so so it, it was that that was i always say there's you know people think bad recruiting is like low recruiting rankings it's not always if you know what you're doing bad recruiting is when you let talent get out of your state and go someplace else uh and just don't offer them and then you end up with a crappy uh group at your position and then you got all conference people everywhere else. So, yeah. Don't we do that in basketball too in that period? You know? Yeah, well, but basketball, I just don't think anybody wanted to come. So that's it. Well, Evan, we certainly appreciate you joining us today on the show uh, right here uh, in a condensed pre-game day episode. And uh, hope to have you back on soon, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Again, JC, thank you so much for having me on, Phil. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Hey, it was awesome, man. You look great. I like your setup there, man. Like your setup. So, <laughs> I'm going to get mine cool. like yours soon, I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need a picture with Snoop Dogg, you know, back there. So that would be awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, take it easy, Evan. Good to talk yeah, to you. Thanks, Evan. Yep, again, thanks, guys. All right, Evan from uh, Tito's and Chicken. Love that guy. Love that podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, check them out. It's a great podcast. He and Lindsay yeah. have a good job. Yeah, Phil was fired up when I said, "Hey, let's get Evan from Tito's and Chicken on you." It's yeah, like, it, it, easy, let's go, big easy, let's go. So uh, that's good. Lady Bree MMA fighter uh, who watches film says, "Is talking to Craig." He says, "I've been breaking down Kentucky. I think South Carolina is better on both lines of scrimmage. Their O line is very questionable. That's what I was told. Uh, they look like everyone thought South Carolina's O line was." Lady Bree also says he thinks the O lines played well. The last two games, I thought they were. I thought they competed against Georgia better than I, better than I thought. Uh, Spencer Rattler felt a lot of pressure that maybe wasn't there, and uh, you know who who was it? The, the guest that we had on that said he's seeing pressure instead of feeling it. Was that uh, Flint? Maybe? That was Flint, I think. Um, like Flint or Bradford won, mm-hmm. and uh, was one of those guys. But uh, yeah, that was right. But I, I thought against Charlotte, he didn't really panic and. You know, didn't it was more of a controlled deal uh, with the passing game. Um, you know, Carolina Titan talking about Jaheim Bell says the problem is scheming Jaheim into the game plan. UGA makes it a priority to get Brock Bowers the ball, and it always works. Yeah, I'm for that. Um, Lady Bree says the transfer portal was a curse as much as a help. Too many weapons to utilize in the passing game. I'd agree with you, man, but uh, I'll say this. Last year, Jaheim disappeared. Yeah, yeah. When you didn't have as many, yeah. <laughs> and, and, so, I, and, and I don't think that uh, 
you know, I don't actually, who is this? Today is Spencer's birthday. Spencer Rattler? Is it? Oh, let me, I'll look. Ashley, clarify. You know, Ashley's right here. Uh, today is Spencer's birthday. Is it Rattler? Uh, or is this another Spencer we are talking about? I don't know. Oh, it um, is today. Happy birthday, Spencer Rattler. All right. Happy birthday to Spencer Rattler. That's awesome. Shout out. 2000. Thank you, Ashley, for that. Happy birthday. Um, We've had a tight end making catches, just not Bell. Yeah, Stodner's done okay. And Kenyon, when he's been in there, I think it's been impressive. Yeah. But, you know, my thing is about Jaheim Bell is he's not a, he's not a tight end. I mean, you, you try to pigeonhole. And, and Mark, Marcus Satterfield said this in the offseason. We can't pigeonhole him. He's a wide back. So, you know, and, and people got a little butt chapped about the carries from scrimmage early. Well, you know, yeah, I, I thought putting him in the passing game was good. Uh, but, you know, that didn't mean you, you can't hand him the ball two or three times. I mean, the guy, if he breaks one, he's gone. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have a big problem with it. But uh, I just think that, um, you know, Jaheim Bell and, and Stogner or, and really the others too are, are too good of weapons, you know. And, and sometimes you got to scheme him open. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of player you need to scheme open. Him, Juice Wells. I can't wait to see how Corey Rucker does this year moving forward. I thought, wow, what a what a what a debut for him. No doubt. Uh, and all that. One more question from the Nana Sports chat box, and we got to run and get to Chris Phillips next from the Spurs Up show. Uh, he's joining us earlier this week. And then uh, my segment with him tomorrow is going to be at 1015 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. So it'll be before the show. Uh, how would you grade Devonnie Reed to this point? Jared says, I, I think Devonnie's played better than people are saying. Uh, you know, people are kind of nitpicking on him. He looks small or whatever. I, I think he's fine. I, I think the shuffling in the secondary, and then he got, he got injured against, um, uh, Georgia. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that was part of it, but I, I thought he came back. It was nice to see him get a big hit. Uh, in the backfield, and I, I think he's fine. You know, I, I think Devonnie Reed is not. You know, the the safeties right now with Reed, DQ Smith is playing some nickel now with the injuries and all that. I, I think the secondary is kind of gelling. They are going to be very young in spots at times, so you yeah. have to have to deal with that. So, um, all that good stuff. All right, man, we're going to take a break. Come right back with Chris. Uh, Nana Sports Chat Boxers. We're going to continue to interact with you because we've got guest upon guest upon guest today, and we're out at twelve thirty. So uh, we didn't want to leave you guys hanging and lonely over there. Like I said, we're going to throw you in the pool and let you swim with us. Swim, swim with the sharks for a while. All right, we'll be back after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back, everybody. Of course, we're joined now by Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up Show on the McKellar Enterprises uh, guest line. And, of course, the show, as always, is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code BIGSPUR at Manscaped.com. 
20% off and free worldwide shipping. And the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss, Coldwell Banker Kane Realty. Give her a call for all your upstate residential real estate needs. 864-414-5271. My man. Phil, what? JC, what's up, man? What is up? That's, yeah. a, that's a heck of a deal you got going there. Out, I, I had my screen down. I came back and saw you. <laughs> I was just thinking, we got, we got to get you some intro music, man, for, for these, these segments. It just, it just seems like you need intro music. Uh. Maybe something uh, like the the Jaws theme song or something like that. No, I uh, yeah, the setup's been a little bit bit different the first half of this week. Been out of town. Really, really great. Uh, just kind of detachment sort of deal, if you will. Just kind of a Good. nice, peaceful, you know, trip, if you will. But uh, yeah, my checkout time at the spot I was at was actually 10 a.m. and I needed a good Wi-Fi signal up here in the mountains. You don't get one, so I'm like, <laughs> hopefully they don't mind me kind of just lingering around because i'm not ready to leave yet so yeah uh, i got you i'm just glad there's wi-fi up here good enough you're about a mile up in the air we found some good enough wi-fi to sustain a a stream if you will so i appreciate you guys having me man looking forward to tomorrow night obviously with uh, i know that's kind of throwing us all for a loop this week but the beautiful thing is we can roll with the punches and talk ball and you know always a pleasure to chat with you guys so i appreciate you having me no matter where i'm at it's great to talk with y'all yeah definitely mm -hmm. i'm glad you went to the mountains and not the beach because of this storm <laughs> yeah. coming through, yeah. man. i was yeah. like well, he's some he's someplace sunny so i was like yeah. he's not at the beach he's not in florida uh yeah. anyway yeah. um yeah. i uh so the poll question today I'll, I'll get your take on this your your favorite Gamecock win on a Thursday night. The, the, the 2009 Ole Miss game is running away with it, obviously. I had 0-1 when they went to Mississippi State and won after 9-11. That game means a lot to me because I was at a bachelor party. Uh, but uh, <laughs> crazy memories of that one. But, uh, you know, 05 Spurrier's debut, I, I forgot to put 07 Kentucky in there. Uh, you can make a case for for some of the, you know, 20, you know, Marcus Lattimore's debut in 2010. But, but your – your, your take. I mean, th this program actually, when you think about it, and it's been brought up this week, there was a run there where kind of Thursday night was the Gamecocks thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely in the Spurrier era, right? And I, I know I kind of miss those games. I know this week has had, it's happened due to the circumstances, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun on those Thursdays. I got a great, a lot of great Thursday night memories too. The the 01 Mississippi State game, I don't recall that one because I was 10 years old and just didn't really click at that point. But I was at the 05 Spurrier opener. I was at the 2009 Ole Miss game. I was at 2010 Southern Miss, 07 Kentucky. I watched with my grandfather. So that was a really cool one. I mean, obviously, I think 09 Ole Miss would run away with it. And again, it's funny. I was actually uh, a freshman at Newberry that year and I actually had swine flu and was getting over it. That's when oh, swine flu was a thing. Oh, geez, but I had, I had the flu, whatever, and was getting over it. And I, I still just forced myself to go to the game because I was like at the tail end of it and I was, I was fighting it. But I'm like, I'm not missing this game. But if I'm not going to say 09 Ole Miss, you know, 05 UCF Spurrier's debut was was really special. Like the electricity and the excitement. Mm -hmm. I was there with family. I was there with my my grandfather, my aunt, and we went to that game. And so that was a really cool memory I shared with them. And then, you know, 2010 Southern Miss was cool because I went with my dad um, again that Thursday night. And I'll never forget just Marcus Lattimore, I think, scored the first touchdown of the game or one of the first mm -hmm. touchdowns. And it was the first touchdown of his Gamecock career. And I'll never forget looking at my dad and just being like, you know, I think that's I think we're going to see a lot more of those before he's done playing. And obviously, you know, the rest is history. So, yeah, there's been some really fun Thursday nights. You know what's kind of a forgotten one, too, dude? 2016 against Vandy. 
to open up the must champ era. I know we don't we don't speak of that era, but the uh, <laughs> the the, uh, the Elliot Fry field goal to to beat to beat Vandy on the road that was that, a heck of a game. I that mean, was a gutsy win, man. I thought. I mean, it was you know because I everybody was talking about how Vandy was going to roll Carolina. I think Vandy's had, running back in, in at SEC media days, like yeah. guaranteed to win. Yeah, they, they guaranteed it. And Derek Mason, who, you know, was no stranger to putting his foot in his mouth. I think uh, his first, uh, his first SEC media days, he showed up in a, in a nice suit, a bow tie yeah. and compared himself to Nick Saban and Steve Spurrier and proceeded to take a nine win Vandy team and go winless in the SEC. So that was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just terrible. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, I remember watching it. AJ Turner did some good things. Debo scored a touchdown. And then of course, Elliot Fry was money and, uh, Gamecock crowd was up there. Boy, Will Muschamp had a smile on his face after that one. So that was, uh, that I mean, was you're excellent. right. You're right, though, in regards to it being a gutsy win because you're talking about a team that yeah. lost to, to Citadel the year before. So, like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been that outlandish, you know what I mean, to, to lose to Vandy at that point. So, yeah, you look back, that was a, uh, what was that? Was that Perry Orr started the first half and then McElwain came in second, or was it flip? They, 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 the... they put Brandon in a little bit in the second half. Orth was on the field at the end, yeah. though. He okay. hit a long – he hit a pass to Brian Edwards. I mean, there was very little offense for the game. Yeah, yeah. The no, game. I, I, I recall I, that, yeah. I remember, like, every, every, every decent play in that one. I was like, oh, man, because I was nervous because, you know, you, you – you, I kind of stood on the table for Will to get the job because, I, you know, I don't want to say – I, I was under the impression there would be another offensive coordinator besides Kurt Roper, but that's so that. But that's that's my fault, and I'll own it. You know how that turned out. But uh, there was a lot of pressure on me that day. You know, I was like, God, if they lose to Vanderbilt, this is going to yeah. stink and all that. Yeah. But they, they won. <laughs> hey, they, they got went to a bowl that year. Those were those were good. The good old days of that yeah, era. Through, hey, through through the good and the bad, there's one thing that's been consistent. We have found a way to beat Vanderbilt. That's yes, a, you think I about how crazy way. that is with. With uh, the ups and downs we've had, but poor Vandy, they just they can't get us. Knock on wood, obviously. I, I remember I was at the uh, 20, I was living in Nashville in 2012 on a Thursday night against Vandy, and that was Lattimore coming off the injury from the year before. Had yeah, a big touchdown. That was a tough run. game. It was a Real very tough. close game. I mean, that was nerve wracking. That was that the Cunningham. One. That was the Cunningham dread shaking. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, and that, that Vandy team won nine games. I, and I think I think that that Derek Mason team in 2016 actually ended up beating Tennessee and going to a bowl. Uh, he was good at beating Tennessee, right? <laughs> that was about it. Never, but, never forget uh, when Tennessee tries to say they're an elite that they're five and five against Vandy in the last decade. Never forget. Yeah, yeah never forget that at all. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, a, a lot of debate going on. South Carolina State's coming uh, to Williams Bryce tomorrow night about what people want to see out of the offense. I keep preaching balance. I, I, I just. And I thought it was, for the most part, it was a run-heavy attack, but there was some balance with the short passing game uh, against Charlotte. I, I think I'd like to see a few more vertical shots just to put that on tape. But, you know, kind of uh, we've discussed this offense to death, uh, but, you know, here's another game where they have a chance to go out and, and have a really successful outing. What, what do you think about uh, that side of the ball heading in? Yeah, JC, I, I think the vertical passing game is the obvious answer there. And to your point, right, I said this on the podcast too, and I want to make this clear because I, I've been preaching that all week and what I wanted to see more of from the Charlotte win. I'm not saying I want them to go out there and throw it 70 times. You know, I mean, obviously I was looking at SC State stats right before we jumped on here. I mean, they're giving up 255 yards per game or something around there on the ground. I, I mean, you should be able to have yet another field day in the run game. And I think continuing to build – 
confidence in the run game is only a positive. But I, I just think you're doing yourself a real disservice if you don't take this opportunity to build confidence with guys like Jaheim Bell and Josh Van and Xavier Leggett and Austin Stogner and the carry-on joiner, Mario Brown. The list just goes on and on and on. At guys, uh, you know, Antoine Wells, of course. You're doing yourself a bit of a disservice, right? You know, it's funny. I kind of look at these Charlotte and SC State games as almost like midweek games in baseball. Mm-hmm. Where and I know it's a little bit different, right? Because baseball, you win by a run, a win is a win is a win. It's not the case in football, but uh, you know that that the, the midweek is the time where you try different things and and you use those as stat patter games and you use it to build confidence and and, and that's what these games are for too. Because it's not really just about beating South Carolina State; it's about setting yourself up to go on the road next weekend to Kentucky and feel confident about all facets of your game. I mean, if you just go run for three hundred or four hundred, and you, you're conservative like you were last weekend, and you get a hey, you win sixty to nothing. I mean, that's great, but did you really address the things that you needed to address over the course of these games? Because you know, games against Kentucky and A and M and Tennessee and Florida—that's not the time to tinker with things and and try different stuff. And you kind of need to know who you are, right? You need to know who you are. You need to have your identity down. So. You know, I, I think we all agree. Carolina could hand it off probably every single play, and they're going to get the win tomorrow night. But you need to take advantage of, you know, we talk about building Lloyd's confidence and the offensive line's confidence. Where's Spencer Rattler's confidence? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got two touchdowns, five picks. I mean, if nothing else, just get him some confidence so he can go into Kentucky feeling good about his own game. You know what I mean? So, And you've got the weapons on the outside. We all agree that you should be able – you're going to have guys one-on-one. Let them go out there, win their individual matchups. Hey, just let your athletes go be athletes. You know what I mean? Let them make plays. Give them chances. So, I, I you know, I do want to see balance, but certainly the vertical passing game. And it, even the just – it doesn't have to be deep shots. Intermediate passing game. Just going down the field, man. I, you're not going to – you're not going to sell me on – well, look at Rattler. You know, he went 20 of 25. But he threw for 185 yards. Like, they were all swing passes. Like, what did we – accomplish i know he can throw a swing pass you don't have to prove that to me right so um more the vertical passing game but i mean it should be a fun night for kind of offensively guys i locked in my score i've got 66 to 10 i I, just, I, I think it's, i think it's a name your score game man it's no disrespect to sc state but it's two different caliber of athletes on the field and you know I, I talked about this last week going into charlotte but the way there was a talent gap between georgia and south carolina there's even more of that between south carolina and sc state in a game like this i think that'll show tomorrow night yeah, they're not very big up front or, or athletic uh, on the on either. I mean, South Carolina should win both lines of scrimmage. Which, which JC, on that point, not to cut you off, to that point, sure. though, what Spencer Rattler struggled with, happy feet in the pocket, we need to mm-hmm. see him set his feet back there and deliver an accurate football, right? There's no, there's no excuse because he should have time, right? He should have time. So yeah. Spencer Rattler needs to do his thing, too. It's, it's not just on Satterfield. It's not just on – Every other part, seven's got to do his thing. So it's just a great opportunity, man, for all facets to be at their best and flex their muscles. And like I said, have something to feel good about. South Carolina State, their their one game against an FBS level program was UCF. They got beat fifty six to ten. The, the, the um, fake point. That's why I'm laughing. Oh my gosh! Oh my fake point thing they did. I, I think you know in my picks that week because you know I, I'm a big fan of Buddy Pugh. I liked what they did in the bowl game last year. I love Shaquan Davis and right. a lot of their players. Total respect for for that program. Uh, so you know they were getting about forty five and a half against UCF. And, and they almost covered, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and I, I saw that fake punt, and I'm like, well, away we go. And then all of a sudden, no, no, wait, wait, wait. So that <laughs> wasn't pretty. But, uh, yeah, they gave up 605 yards uh, and only had 91 against UCF, 308 passing, 297 rushing. So they 
their offense didn't go very far against the Knights. Um, they, they, they had they had ninety one yards of offense. Is that ninety one? Ninety one. Uh, didn't get Davis the ball a whole lot, you know. So, uh, uh, and then last week uh, against North Carolina A and T, they uh, believe they did a little better. Um, they had, they gave up four hundred thirty nine, one fifty five passes. I saw they gave up forty one to them, so I, that made me feel pretty out, good about. They got out rushed last week, Chris, two eighty four to twelve. Not going to win so, a lot of games doing that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I saw a lot of their stats again against Bethune-Cookman, and I was like, how bad is Bethune-Cookman? Hey, Rosendo Lewis had eight tackles for <laughs> Bethune-Cookman in one game, man. I didn't, I didn't even know he was there. I yeah, I, he was he's there. one that I never I never figured out where he was at either until like this week. So uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing. But, yeah, not not all that good on the ground. Shaquan Davis against uh, North Carolina AT did have six for 127, but – uh, Jakari Caldwell for North Carolina A&T, three for 74 in that game. How about that? There's another blast from the past. But, um, yeah, I, I think this is a game South Carolina's going on. I mean, the, the kids from SC State are going to be fired up. It's a great opportunity. I've, I've seen them, you know, I mean, they gave Carolina some problems uh, in, uh, you know, 07 and 09. I was at both those games. And that was, you know, especially the, the 09 game was kind of interesting because they had a pretty good scheme of things on offense that gave Carolina's defense problems. But, uh you know, and, and then they played Clemson more the, the last, uh, you know, 10 years or so. I, I, I just think because of the proximity uh, to South Carolina with Orangeburg and, and Columbia being close, Chris, this uh, if you're an SC State fan, this game probably means a little bit more to go to the state capital yeah. than the Gamecocks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I love the games. I love seeing these these in-state matchups, and I know some people say, oh, it's just a waste of time, whatever. Again, you got to think about it from the SC State, SC state side of things. Um, they get an opportunity coming to Williams Bryce. And I mean, it's, 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 I think it's great for all parties involved. Obviously, Buddy Pugh, I know Shane, we were talking about a, a lot about him yesterday and a coaching legend in the state and what he's done for football in the state of South Carolina. So I, I'm, I'm glad the game's being played. Um, the result is what it is, or it's going to be what it's going to be. But I, I'm glad it's being played overall. I'm just excited for it. And I know their guys will be fired up. And hopefully, I'm just hoping we come out and, we come out fired up as well and don't let sort of the elements kind of, you know, get to us. I know it's a short week and things are switched up, but, you know, it's still football, right? It's still a game, 60 minutes, go out there and do your thing. You do that. I think the rest of it will take care of itself. But, yeah, really excited for it, man. These in-state matchups are fun. Going to the Nana Sports chat box because uh, we're guested up today and only an hour and a half. And uh, um, uh, Lady Bree, MMA fighter, uh, who's a big fan of yours, Chris, uh, she goes, or he goes, she. I say, I don't know. I'm not sure about. Uh, I got to get the pronouns right here. Uh, Lady Bree says, "LOL, Chris, we're going to stuff it down Kentucky's throat. We're going to run all over them. Spencer will be fine as long as he keeps making completions and not throwing interceptions." He's, he goes on to say, "Chris hates that I agree with Spencer. Getting better at game management is super important." What say you, Chris? Uh, and, I, and I brought this up because. Uh, Lady Bree uh, is with us for the first hour and then goes and jumps on with you. So she's a big or <laughs> I gotta get that right. She baby, thanks. Okay. She is a big fan. I, you know, I'd love to believe that. I, I'd love to believe that we're gonna go to Kentucky and run it down their throat. And I know the cats haven't been overly impressive, but I just I just JC I and Phil, I gotta see it before I believe it. And I, I just don't think I don't think the Gamecocks are gonna go win a game against Kentucky may not be, I don't think they're the seventh best team in the country. I don't no. think they're Ole Miss this weekend, right? I mean, if, you, if you're really the seventh best team in the country, why are you a touchdown dog to Ole Miss, right? Um, but still, Kentucky's a very quality football team. Um, 
I don't think you're winning that game without above average quarterback play. You normally don't win on the SEC or in the SEC on the road without above average quarterback play. You didn't bring Spencer Rattler in to be a game manager. You just did it, right? So, I mean, I'm glad the completion percentage is there, but I don't care if his completion percentage is 100%, if it's all dinks and dunks and swing passes. Who is he scaring? You know, who are you scaring, right? So I'd love to believe that we can take that performance against Charlotte and probably inevitably what will happen tomorrow night and do it in Lexington against Kentucky and do it for the rest of the season. But, guys, history has told us that's probably not going to happen, right? I, I made the point after Charlotte, hey, fantastic, great. You can pick on the smaller guy. What happens when you got to pick on somebody your own size? You know what I mean? And that's what the SEC schedule will bring back to you. So, no, I think Spencer Rattler has to be better. And I'm not saying he's been horrific to this point. But whether it's his fault, the O-line's fault, the receiver's fault, Satterfield's fault, it just hasn't clicked in the passing game, and you're going to need both facets because we can all see it coming, right? You're going to go to Lexington or face A&M, or there's going to come an SEC game where you can't really run the ball, certainly not the way you ran it uh, against Charlotte and what you're going to do against SC State. So, no, I think Spencer's got to be better. I think they got to go down the field more. I don't think you can get to, let's say, seven wins. I don't think you can get there with Spencer Rattler being a game manager. I'll say this, uh, and Phil, you can chime in too. I, I, you know, you look at the Kentucky South Carolina series. Uh, two games come to mind. You know, first and foremost, if South Carolina can line it up and run it against Kentucky, they're going to win the game uh, because that's been the key for the Wildcats' dominance during the stretch. They lined up and ran it. Uh, the one time Carolina's won was 2019 uh, when Kentucky couldn't get it going and. Will Muschamp was calling plays on offense, <laughs> you know. Uh, and Carolina ran it up their behunkas. Uh, it, uh, you know, and, and I know the 2020 game, Kevin Harris had a big game or whatnot, but that that was kind of a scrimmage in my opinion. But uh, last year, 224 to 40, Carolina got out rushed in their own stadium. Um, and, and then the 18 game, it, Jake Bentley had probably the worst game of his career, just missing open receivers down the field. I thought that game plan, to your point, Chris, by Brian McClendon was smart. They used the same game plan against Clemson to put up 600 yards later. Uh, lots of vertical shots, de- taking advantage of Debo and, and Shy and Brian and and those guys. Jake was just off that night, period. I mean, you know, he, he finally connected on one. Uh, A.J. Turner fell down and had a touchdown but in the run game. But uh, – Sometimes te- teams like Tennessee, you know, that, that have gone up and down the field, they do use ver- for the vertical passing. There's something about that defense that I think if you could do that and take shots downfield, uh, they're susceptible to it. I think Florida screwed up because Anthony Richardson wasn't on. He, he 14 yeah. for 35, two picks, uh, all that, and that, that'll allow Kentucky to come back and win the game. But, uh, you know, they're going to get – we're going to find out how good Kentucky's pass defense is this weekend when they play Ole Miss. And so – you know, I, I don't think it's a, it's a it's a terrible strategy when you're looking ahead of that game to you know uh, get it vertical, get it going, get some big plays on the road because that could take the life out of, out of a crowd and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. the physical the physicality is where Kentucky's gotten you. I mean that's and I'll let you go, Phil, but certainly physicality. I mean that that's that's why the Cats have beaten you the way they have. They they've just yeah. won at the point of attack more often than you have. Bottom line. No, you're right, Chris, and that's kind of one thing that. I'm a little nervous about what's going to happen on Thursday is because, you know, if we're, if we see a real pass heavy game, you know, yeah, you get Rattler right and you're getting your playmakers the ball and they're running all over the place on a lesser opponent, but you know, you still haven't, there's three phases to this get right for me when it comes to offense, there's the running game, check that box, 
you know, there's the vertical passing game, which we still haven't quite seen, but, you know, Spencer was efficient last week. And then on the other side, there's putting a balanced game plan together. And I'm going to be really worried going into Lexington if we don't see something a bit more balanced this week, because then we will still have not seen that. <laughs> Period. Well, I mean, you know, and to, bit, to, you know. to JC's point, when we had him, uh, when we were talking JC last week and before, I mean, he, he mentioned that, you know, the lack of balance. And, and you saw it even against Charlotte, though. It's just like that first drive. It's just like run, yeah. run, 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 run. run. Yeah. <laughs> Like, why can't we mix it up a little bit? But, mm-hmm. JC, I've been, I've been hammering down the point you made, I think, either last mm-hmm. week or two weeks ago that, you know, when, when South Carolina can run the football at will, Marcus Satterfield's offense works like a charm. But when mm-hmm. they can't, which is unfortunately a lot of the time against SEC teams, it's like they have no – they don't have a curveball. They have no second pitch. Uh, it's either yeah. we can run it and it works, or we can't, and it looks horrible. That's, you know? I mean, that's what I, the balance I mean, thing. When I say right. that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for them mm-hmm. to say, okay, you're going to stack the box. We're going to throw it up. We're going to use our really good playmakers on the perimeter or across the middle uh, to burn you. Uh, and then if you back up, want to play cloud or whatever, you know, we're going to. We're just going to run it all over you because we'll have a favorable box. And, you know, Arkansas is kind of the game that sticks out to me with that, Chris, is that, you know, and Phil pointed this out, lots of times in that football game, you know, they're slinging it all over the yard against a, a you know, a light box. There are three guys in the box, and you, you can get four or five yards doing that. I mean, that's 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 modern football. I mean, that's why everybody runs RPOs because they go and read the box, and they're like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to get three or four yards every time we run it if you play this front. And uh, South Carolina – uh, insisted on passing it uh, against the Hawks. Yeah. 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 And you can't be one dimensional regardless of which dimension it is. If you're, if you're, you know, oh, yeah. really good at running the ball, you go into Lexington, they're going to take that away from you because they're so well coached. I mean, yeah. and, and just so well disciplined. And that's the thing that's so damn frustrating about losing to Kentucky. Cause it's just like you, they're, they're, they bleed. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just, fundamental to, football. <laughs> yeah. To, to Lady Bree's point, I, I would just say like, it's, it's great to have optimism and hope. And after you watch us do Charlotte and SC state, but like, have you watched the South Carolina Kentucky series? for the last like eight nine years like Mm -hmm. i I don't forgive me for not having overwhelming confidence we're just gonna go into lexington at night and just run it down there (laughs) okay when's the last time that happened i'm going to that i'm going to that game and i'm i'm I'm, I'm, there's part of me that's looking forward to i haven't been to lexington since 2010 which was a bad night uh (laughs) but uh First time I've been to Lexington in 12 years. Going to do the Keeneland thing for the first time ever, and really looking forward to that. But uh, part of me's dreading it, you know. Part of me's like, well, maybe, maybe I'll bring some good luck to the Gamecocks uh, in this I mean, series. Which it's been maddening losing to these losing to Kentucky as often as they do. You you look back. You know what's crazy, guys? If you look at the series and even look back when Carolina was beating Kentucky every year. Even close. those games in Lexington, they were grinded out. I mean, yeah. it's always been close in Lexington for some reason. So, but it's, I mean, we all agree it's it's a trend that needs to end and give the cats all the credit in the world. But I, I really think that uh, it's just going to be a tough pill to swallow, man. If you go into the bye week three and three, zero oh and three in SEC play, I know we'll get into all this next week. And I, I've been trying to stay as present moment as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. Like we literally have a game tomorrow, but uh, that, that's why I think again tomorrow night is so important. Work on your deficiencies. Work on your "quote unquote" weaknesses. I mean, just just put yourself in a position where you can feel good about all phases of your game. It might not work out in Lexington, but damn it, let's at least feel good about it going into the game. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Product out there, yeah. Like like Marshawn Lloyd had his big game. How about Jaheim Bell? How about Josh Van? 
How about yeah. God, get Jaheim Bell going for the love of all things holy. Like, get it. I've been, pre- been preaching that for two years, man. I mean, in the uh, before the bowl game last year, people were arguing with me. Well, maybe he's just not very good. Okay, well, okay, we'll see. <laughs> and then, then the, the North Carolina game happened, and and we'll see. But yeah, it'd be a good game to get that going, and they're going to need him moving forward. Chris, we really appreciate it. You've already given your score prediction, sixty-six to ten. I think. And that means everybody gets to play, and there's a lot of confidence and happiness in practice the following week, uh, and all that good stuff. So that would be, uh, I think that would be a satisfactory uh, thing. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you. I will talk to you. What ten fifteen tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow morning ten fifteen. Oh, oh, game day. You being, yeah, I appreciate you being flexible with your time. And yeah, it'll be a lot okay. of fun, man. A, ga- a game day TDC, a game day combo with you, and yeah, uh, really looking forward to it, man. Tomorrow should be a lot of fun. JC, Phil, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Thank y'all. So yeah, much. yeah. Say travels back, oh, man. First yeah, man. Y'all take Chris care. Phillips from the yes, Furs Up show. Uh, he who needs some theme music, Phil. We got to think about that. Yeah, like, come up with something for him. Yeah. Like some Dr. Dre or something. I don't know. Is it Dr. Dre guy? I don't know. We know what Jane, we know what Bradford wants or, or demands. Demand. Bradford demands chief. Chief. If you're not loving chief, <laughs> if loving Eric Church is wrong, Jamie Bradford does not want to be That's right. <laughs> uh, and I love, uh, I love the, uh, I love Eric Church, by the way. I, I think he's, uh, he's one of my favorite country music artists, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't, I, Chris, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do uh, with that theme music with, with Phillips. We'll, we'll think it, we'll think, think I'll it through. He likes. Yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll give him I, don't, I, I don't, I don't know what, well, yeah, what kind of music he likes and all that. Uh, Nana sports chat box continues to blow up. My man, Joel uh, lives in Kentucky and uh, he's tired of hearing their crap. I, I get it. You know, Joel's, Joel's one of these guys. He's not, a sunshine bumper at all, you know, and he's always kind of skeptical, uh, big fan, great guy, good person, uh, tremendous person. Uh, and, uh, yesterday I just get, he's, he's just sick of it. And living in Kentucky, uh, he's sick of hearing it. So he said, I live in Kentucky, tired of hearing their crap. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine living in the big blue haze, uh, and having to, having to get crap talked to you about football. Not oh, basketball. I no, I know. Football. Yeah, uh, yeah, of all mm-hmm. sports. Uh, Lady Bree says Coolio Gangster Paradise for Chris. Later, guys. <laughs> She's getting out. Yeah, she does the first first hour with us, second hour Spurs Up show. That's fine with me. I love yeah. that. That's uh, the, It feeds the ecosystem. Kells says got to strategically use the running backs. If not, it becomes too predictable. That's what we've been preaching here, Kelly Kell. We've uh, too many balance. balance. Balance is the buzzword this week. So, uh, and then JoJo Kemp, of course, Jan, uh, who actually I'm gonna hang out with Jan in Kentucky at the game. I'm looking forward to that because Jan builds beer trees, uh, like tree a little a beer a PBR tree, like with the cans. With the cans, yeah, built a can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nat, my, my fiance is looking forward to that big time. She's like, mm-hmm. is he gonna build a beer tree? I, I think he's done that a time or two. <laughs> he said that he said I've done that a time or two. So uh, that'll be really good. So anyway, Doc says all running quarterbacks have heard us. Uh, think about this, Doc. Before we go to break, Florida didn't, and North Carolina didn't last year. So the defense has it in them to shut down a running quarterback. Uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. And, and most of those guys that made those plays in those games last year are still on the roster. So, you know, we'll see sort of 
what happens. All right, got to get a break. Uh, Jamie Bradford up on the other side. Don't forget, we're out early today at 1230. We'll be back tomorrow with a game day episode, which I'm really excited about. Uh, who we got tomorrow? We got Flint maybe tomorrow? Maybe? Is um, he a maybe? Still waiting on Flint, but we definitely have Keith also coming in. So Keith, Keith coming in but on a game day instead of a, a wrap-up day, so that will be uh, outstanding. Uh, to have him get get his uh, take on everything. Uh, all right, so uh, I will. Uh, I'll, we we actually will see you on the other side when Jamie Bradford gets here, uh, and we'll he'll come. You know, break down the game and, and the Gamecocks, and then uh, we'll be out. We'll be back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the Upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Game Cox. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
Hey folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nanasporch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of charlotte my hometown i hope you guys go check it out go cox and go nanas this is this is braylon wimmer south carolina gamecock baseball and you are listening to inside the gamecocks the show with jc and phil go cox and Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Jamie Bradford here on the Enterprises guest line. And, of course, the show is sponsored by Manscaped. Don't forget, use the code BIGSPURR at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. And, of course, the second hour of the show is sponsored by the Burgesson team at Remax by the Lake for all your commercial real estate needs. Give Adam or Derek a call or send them an email at a Burgesson, B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at Remax.net. Welcome in, JB. What's up? What's going on, man? Doing well, man. Yeah. Well, God, that that song got me fired up. Reminded me of uh, beach trips I used to take with my buddy, uh, who's also named Jamie, uh, another Jamie, and uh, we'd play that song over and over and over again. <laughs> I think I think our lady friends that were with us uh, at the time got sick of it, but uh, that is a hell of a song. So yeah, uh, that, that, I got fired up with that. All right, so a little bit of. Uh, Hard scrabble uh, mix mixing uh, up of the schedule this week. South Carolina State Gamecocks play tomorrow. Uh, I, I kind of like it because I like Thursday night games because I can get the Gamecocks out of the way and just chill and watch everybody else and not have not get nervous or sad or happy or whatever. But uh, uh, your take on um, you know kind of the happenings and and and, and this game and, and how it sets up because it's coming right up to us. Yeah, well, it, first and foremost, it was nice to be able to enjoy uh, the large majority of a football game last week and not have to sweat it all out. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned to Bill on Monday morning on 107.5 that my cousin looked at me and said, you know, it's kind of nice being able to sit here in the fourth quarter and not have to wonder what the outcome of the game's going to be on, for, for us. <laughs> we've, sat in the, we've sat there in the fourth quarter many a times, not either – Known what the outcome is going to be, or B knew exactly what it was going to be, but it just wasn't going to be for the good guys. Uh, and uh, uh, so it, it, that was that was nice. Uh, I just hope that this week they're able to, you know, even with the changes, the schedule change, uh, the, the impending weather, it's still going to be fairly breezy tomorrow night in Columbia and things like that. So I hope that they're able to kind of keep do building on the things that they feel like they need to build on to establish the identity of the, of the football team, you know, both offensively and defensively. I mean, last week, um, it, you know, as it started uh, defensively, they, they just left a lot to be desired. But then once, once they started sending pressure and making Charlotte uncomfortable, um, you know, it felt a little bit more like Gamecock defense again. I mean, it, it's something that we used to do around here a lot. And, yeah. And, Jay- we, 
Yeah, you, you got a connection uh, popping on us. Uh, can can, can uh, yeah. pop off and pop back on? Yeah, yeah. yeah so let's restart this. This yeah. is like a ghost in the machine. It wasn't that bad. It was listenable, but it's uh, very it's choppy. So well, sometimes if you just restart the connection, it's fine. All right, we're going to get JB back in here. Thanks for everybody pointing it out because, you know, we do, we do this in three different locations. And sometimes it may be my internet and everything sounds fine or it may be Phil's and everything sounds fine on the other end. So uh, we appreciate that. But that's, uh, yeah, that was a little choppy there. But that's, a, yeah. that's a, we know JB, he'll get back in here and bring it like he always does, like a champion. Um, so uh, let me know when we get him back, Phil. Uh, Doc says, Doc says, I thought I was just too high. <laughs> Man, I'd be, I'd be in early, huh, Doc? People sit around and smoke <laughs> up and drink. And uh, I know one guy got got hammered one morning and was listening to the show and uh, all that. So it was like, uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, he was just sitting there hammered. And, uh, you know, I was, I'm flattered when people do that because it yeah. kind of makes it cool. All right, we got you now. Is this, is this better? Oh, oh man. you sound great. 100% awesome. Is awesome or awesome. I don't know. Oh, yeah, why not? But yeah, to your point, that was great about the Charlotte game and, and all that. Um, you know, this game, okay. being on, no, that's okay. On a Thursday okay. night, all of a sudden, you know, our poll question today, and 09 Ole Miss is running away with it, just in case you guys, it's like 85%. But uh, your favorite Thursday night Gamecock win? Oh, um. Well, yeah, I mean, look, that that one's that one's up there. Um, I mean, no doubt. I mean, that's the night that Sandstorm began. Uh, Ole Miss was number four in the country, if I remember correctly. Jevin Sneed was the quarterback, and they had that quick little booger tailback, and we kind of shut them all down. Um, I, you know, I, it's th that was in '09. I as much it's 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 neck and neck, but I I kind of lean towards the '07 Kentucky game. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll tell you why, uh, because Kentucky is tr traditionally, at least since we've been in the league, been more of a rival, um, that year at that point in time, South Carolina, if you can take yourself back into the moment, you know, this is when you felt like, okay, it's really arrived under Steve because they, they had already upset Georgia. Right. And this was. Uh, at the time, it was an 8-11 matchup, if I remember correctly. I think Kentucky was ranked 8th in the country, and we were ranked 11th in the country. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That night. So you, you kind of felt like, all right, if if they if they get this win, th th we're, we're a top-10 team in year three under Steve Spurrier. Everything, mm -hmm. everything is, is, is working. It's clicking. We, we, here we are. And they just had a – you know, put together a pretty nice recruiting class and they're building another really good one. And and we kind of started to define some stars. Uh, Sydney had already kind of come alive, but, you know, Kenny was starting to come alive. We, we had just figured out who Eric Norwood really was and what he was capable of doing and other guys on that defense. And so I, th I think if you just go back into the moment, uh, just remembering the feeling of that night, like, okay, I don't know. I'm not sure that anybody was really sold on the fact that Kentucky was – Number eight. Matter of fact, Kentucky this year kind of reminds me of Kentucky that year. You know, like, can they clear that hurdle? Because I think there's a lot of people are just waiting on them to fall flat on their face, and they did it that year. And very similar to Ole Miss in, in 09. Did anybody really think Ole Miss was a top four team when we beat them? Uh, no. It was Price that night. So, 
I, I kind of lean towards the Kentucky game. I think a lot of people will trend towards Ole Miss because that's the night that Sandstorm happened, and that's all the, the fun and the glitz and the glamour and this, that, and the other. But as far as kind of where the program was headed, now we did turn around and lose to Vanderbilt, which sucked. But in, in that moment, that night, that 24-17 win, boy, that sure felt good. Love it, Jamie Bradford here, weekly segment. Uh, again, we're out at 12.30 today. I'm uh, going to cut a little short. Uh, but, yeah, Andre Woodson was the quarterback for Kentucky coming in, and Norwood got him. I, I, crazy enough, I didn't include yeah. it on the poll. And I'll tell you what, I mean, because I mine is, is probably different because it's a game I actually did not go to. It was 01 when Carolina played Mississippi State right yeah, after 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. New also, we're really gonna be very physical down there in Starkville, and Andrew Penning had a big run at the end. And then we get, but uh, I was at my friend's bachelor party, so uh, that was a memorable night. And um, I just kind of thought, you know, when you talk about the, and it's kind of sad. I think a lot of people are kind of waking up this week, uh, JB, and realizing, you know, we lost. We mean the Gamecocks lost the Thursday night tradition, and there was quite a Thursday night tradition. Uh, if you think about yeah. it, first game since 9-11, Thursday night Carolina game. Open the season, open college football, like how many years in a row? First game out there. And, and really didn't play, uh, you know, they played East Carolina once. They played Southern Miss once. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, they, they played some pretty good teams uh, during that time. Uh, even North a game Carolina. that lost, uh, you played North Carolina. Inst those two games of the NC State, State and Russell yeah. Wilson. Um, Shane brought those up this Vandy. weekend. Vandy, Marcus Slattimore's first touchdown as a Gamecock against Southern Miss in 2010. Um, I can tell you when the tradition ended. <laughs> I can tell you exactly when it ended. It ended. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We it ended in 2014. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. That, that, now, that one stunk, but <laughs> that still was the first ever football game televised by the SEC Network. You know, Brent Musburger yeah, called it. It's yeah. the first first ever. So, that was a – Yeah. I remember after a, that game, I was like, yeah, we don't need to do Thursdays like, anymore. This <laughs> 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 <It> sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, but, you know, uh, and, of course, the they beat North Carolina in 15 and Charlotte had no business winning that one. And then uh, yeah. as far as how the teams ended the season – uh, and then 16, uh, Chris was on with us earlier, talking about the must-champ win. Yeah. Uh, the first – Elliot Fry. That was a gutsy win looking back on it, you know, because yeah. Vandy, Vandy ended up being pretty good that year. I think they went to a bowl just like Carolina. Yeah. But, you know, and they were kind of dominating the game. And, you know, Carolina scrapped – I mean, it's a scrappy uh, – I remember Derek Mason saying, that's a scrappy football team. I'm like, ah. Oh. You know, and then thinking you can't beat anybody but Tennessee for some strange reason. So, uh, of course, that, that that Vandy team also beat Georgia in Athens. Kirby Smart's first year later that year. So. Yeah, well, and if I remember correctly, in the offseason that year, Derek Mason had really built that game up like it was the Super Bowl for Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. Their and players said. Matter fact, I think they said it was their Super Bowl. Yeah, they guaranteed victory. <laughs> it is must champ. You know, and he was he was fired up after that one, but. Um, yeah, you know, but the, yeah, that's the, you think about all the the, the great moments on, on, on Thursday night, uh, Spurrier's first game. Um, you know, it's kind of lost, but I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody somewhere will, th- or will talk to ESPN and bring it back because some of the Thursday night matchups in Week One now are garbage. Well, uh, I mean, they're not. This is the SEC. The SEC doesn't really do Thursday nights anymore. I, I know. I mean, you, you, Arkansas. Well, Tennessee, Tennessee has played like. Opening the week. Sisters of the Poor and the uh, Dayton YMCA, you know, the last two years on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, but, they, you know, Arkansas, I think, played 
shoot, was it uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff or somebody? You know, I mean, uh, Carolina played some decent teams. You know, they, they opened at Mississippi State one year. I mean, that was we that won was that the, game too. That was a fifteen, yeah, 15 nothing, nothing. Win. back. That was the back like cook crack game when Corey yeah. Boyd. <laughs> oh man, Silverville smelled it absolutely, absolutely. That was a, that was I was at that game in Starkville. Um, so yeah, so that that's uh, kind of good to be getting back. Uh, even though it's unprecedented circumstances to get back yeah. to playing Thursday night. Um, to, lots of talk about Spencer Rattler this week, wh- what to do on offense. I keep preaching balance, JB, because um, I, I, you know, uh, I, I thought they had some balance la- last week. You know, Rattler was what I would call fairly efficient, nothing downfield, anything like that. But, you know, a lot of people want to see some more vertical passes. I, I think that could be a key to the Kentucky game. Um you know, your, your take on, on what you'd like to see out of the offense tomorrow night, you know, assuming the elements don't uh, restrict, you know, some things. Because if it's real windy, I mean, you, it's unrealistic to be throwing it all over the place. Well, I can tell you what you will see out of the offense tomorrow night. They're going to run the football. I mean, they, 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 they have to. They don't have any choice. I mean, this we can all sit around and, and spout what we want to see and this, that, and the other as far as the fun stuff, throwing it downfield. And I, I get it. None of that works until you can run the ball in this league. And they have not been able to run the football in this league. Uh, last weekend, they ran it well. Um, you know, we obviously need to consider the fact that Charlotte is putrid on defense. With that said, with that said, to make sure that there is credit given to the to the, to the the program, uh, you know, starting with Marshawn, who ran incredibly physical. You know, I'm kind of hoping, JC, the old football adage of, of bumps and bruises here, you know, like – Maybe it took that, you know, a night of, hey, we just need to just get in there and and just run and get our helmets knocked off a couple of times and let guys get bumped around and banged around and continue to feel out this run game so we can figure out who we want to be. I mean, it's you're not going to run for 295 next week in Lexington. You're not going to run for 295 against uh, A&M. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll go ahead and put it out there. They're probably not going to run for 195, and if they do either one of those games, they they, they won. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Gonna, they, 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 they won the game. I mean, this this – this program, it's, it's, I don't know why we continue to get away from it under Coach Beamer and under Coach Muschamp. When they run, they win. That's just really all there is to it. I mean, when they run, they win on the offensive side of the football. And then on the defensive side of the football, we've been talking offense the whole time. I think I was trying to say it earlier, but my computer crapped out on me is – you know they, they they have got to continue to send pressure. I mean they yeah, have to no they doubt. Have, yeah, they have to take chances, guys. They have to take chances. They're not going to be able to be successful if they don't. And I pair that with this. I my my favorite player on the defense is Jordan Birch because I know what he can and is capable of being. He has not been that. He's had he's he's shown it from time to time. You know it's there. You know, one play comes up and you're like, holy moly, nobody could block this guy. And then you don't see him for a series or two. You know, I, I almost hope that Jordan Birch is watching a lot of TV and listening to a lot of radio right now. Because mm. I, I hope that he's that he is hearing it and it's challenging. him. Like, man, I'm better than this. You know, I'm a former top five, top ten player in the country. Everybody wanted me for a reason. I want to go to the NFL. I want to be the next great DN at South Carolina. He's not going to do any of those things until he becomes more consistent and more destructive. And then teams against like Charlotte and SC State, he should be he should be killing guys out there. Literally, I mean, like there should be dudes that he's having to like 
man, I'm sorry I did that to you, but you know, it's, it's kind of part of the game, pal. I mean, you know, and then and then when you get into the biggest games, Jordan Birch needs to be your best player. I mean, I said before the season the defense will go as Zach Pickens goes. Well, that was before we had like six starters go out with injuries. Yeah. So so now it's as Jordan and Zach go. Like he's got he's got to get in there. And I kind of took for granted that I thought Jordan Birch was just gonna be what I heard he was gonna be. You know, season rolls around. This cat's gonna be unstoppable. So they gotta keep sending guys, they gotta get his motor running. And on offense, they gotta continue to perfect the run game. If they can do those things. You can you can start to change the the uh, the outlook of the season a little bit more. Yeah, and you know with Jordan Strawn out now, Terrell Dawkins, who is going to provide depth, is out. That's getting thin over there, and so you know. And, and I think sometimes we take it for granted because we're like, well, Burt should just be out there dominating. Well, these big guys do get tired. Okay, so when you're not rotating because you don't have depth, or you're you're trying to steal a play by throwing Thomas out there or something for a play and hope nothing goes wrong. You know, these guys are they get gassed toward the end without the depth. And and you know, I, I think you know it's gonna be interesting to see to your point about taking some chances and uh sending pressure. You know, I was told that last week by so somebody that would know, you know, you, you got to get off the field. You know, if there was one criticism about kind of how the, the defense has been called. Uh, up until last, the second half last week, you know, he said the defense isn't att- isn't attacking. They're not, they're not. You got to take some risk because you know they're on their heels. You can't just sit there and yeah. let them bleed you to death. You know, you got to make some plays. And you know, when you get pressure, uh, sometimes good things happen: tip passes, uh, interceptions, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and uh, I, you know, so I don't know. All right, Nana's Sports chat box, JB, because we we were guested up today. You know, three back to back to back guests, including yourself. So we're going to they're going to ask you some questions, Jared. Oh. Uh, and you just respond to this. Uh, he says they aren't physical enough in the trenches. Cody Waldrop said on Facebook last week, "You can't coach physical. You recruit it." Col- Cody was certainly a physical player. Yeah, he was. I, I thought that was an interesting take. I, I'll, I'll just say I don't agree that. I mean, I've seen these guys be physical in high school and at times at Carolina. I mean. Boogie Huntley is a physical player. You know, Tonka Hemingway is a physical player. The, the offensive linemen uh, that are starting now, I think, are very physical players. But uh, what do you – I mean, I, I think you can coach it. I, I think sometimes you flip a switch and, you know, guys may not understand exactly what it means to go out there and be physical. Uh, but they get knocked in the mouth enough, and then sooner or later, you know, they either respond or will. But I've, I've seen I've seen teams respond. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes in football, scheme can – can give off the illusion that you're not physical. Mm-hmm. I mean, because so, some schemes are just physical schemes. They're just going to line up and come right at you. And, oh, man, those guys, boy, they hit you in the mouth. Well, that's what they're designed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like South Carolina offensively, their they're, they're run game, everything, Jason, we've talked about this before. The way it's designed, it's not necessarily designed to just line up and run it down your throat. You know, so it doesn't really look mm-hmm. like that. On the, and on the, on the defensive side of the football, you know, I just I, – I, I don't want to – be too critical here because I'm not a defense coordinator, but I mean, certainly as opposed to some of the better defenses we've seen in the last 20 plus years around here, I mean, th- this 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 team just kind of doesn't give off the illusion that they are trying to force something to happen. They're kind of more waiting for something to happen. 
And, mm-hmm. and that, that will also kind of, you know, make that's it not modern like, football. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, it's not really the, it's kind of the bend, but no, don't break thing. And um, so I think sometimes I can get up, give off the persona that, well, maybe you're not physical. I think they have physical football players, maybe the brand that they need to get into a little bit more week, week in and week out. Uh, they need to match that of their peers in the league. Yeah, I, I don't mind bending it, but don't break it at times, especially if your offense is struggling. But what you got to do well, defensively is when they get in the red zone, you got to tighten up. And, and that that's that was missing. That's been missing until the second half last week because teams would drive and, and they'd be, okay, dink, dunk, they have four yards, five yards, two yards, three yards, five yards, you know, chunk, chunk, chunk down the field. They get in the red zone, nothing would change. You know, they continue to – I mean, how many times has Carolina's opponents this year gotten inside the 20 and then run like six more plays, the same plays they were running, you know, prior to getting inside the 20? I I think if you're going to play bend but don't break, uh, when when you get – when they get down there, you got to kind of change your approach up, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and like if you go back to last weekend, again, it's Charlotte. They made things happen in the second half. Like that mm-hmm. was all – if you if you watch it, just – that's all it takes. I mean, you know, y'all, everybody knows if you ever watch football, you know this enough pressure, you force a quarterback to throw the football one foot from where it should be going. Bad things can happen. That's then that happened. Shoot, the loudest I was last week was on a play uh, that literally meant nothing to the outcome of the game in the second half. Kid caught the ball, DQ Smith drilled it and knocked it out of his hand. Everybody's looking around at me like, what is this idiot going nuts for? We're winning by like 20 points. I said, because I haven't seen that in four games. Like we used to see that week in and week yeah. out around here. So, you know, those, the, the head hunt, every once in a while, 15 yard penalty ain't bad. He didn't get one there. Thank God. But every once in a while, taking 15 yards, have at it. You know, if that means that's how you're going to play all game, I'm all right with that. DJ Swearinger lived that way for three years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I think I'll tell you this about DQ. Uh, I did my little Lou Holtz. He's extremely physical. He is extremely physical. Uh, yeah. My player comparison to him, and I may have been a little off because I don't think he's quite as big as Corey Jenkins, but he reminded me of Corey Jenkins no, coming he's out. Not as big as Corey. He's not as big as Corey Jenkins, but he was. No, 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 he's, no, no, no. he's. But he will strike you, and he, he's not. He's not scared. No, he's not. Well, scared. I mean, DJ was five eleven. Maybe he wasn't scared of nothing. Nah, so, nah. You know, all those guys weren't Gilmore wasn't scared. Sheldon Brown would knock you into next Tuesday. Uh, so that's South so Carolina man, defense. So with my man Tony Watkins back in the early nineties, Jonathan Joseph, Rashad Faison. I could go uh, Darian Stewart. I could go on and on and on. Captain Munnerland was physical. Yeah. Uh, Lance Player says DQ and uh, Debo are a whole vibe. Yeah, Debo Williams. There's a lot of mixed opinions out there. Some folks like Craiger thinks he's slow. I don't know that he's slow. I, I he, think he, he's fit, he fits a traditional scheme. He fits yeah. that traditional four three. Uh, yeah. he's, he's not one of these real hybrid guys at linebacker, but he's learning it. it as he continues to learn it, he'll play faster. Yeah, I, I, I think that's more the case there. And then when he got there. Uh, that's kind of what they said. They're like a really instinctive guy, but uh, has to kind of learn, you know, how to play and all that. Uh, I think they're getting Stone Blanton back this week. I I think they need to rep him up and get him ready because he's going to have to play a lot uh, moving forward. Um, All right, wrap it up here with JB. Uh, Do you have a score prediction for tomorrow night or anything? Or is it – I don't think it's going to be very high score, and it's going to be – I mean, well – like last week. I mean, last week yeah. they put their 76 points combined between the two teams. I, I, I'm I, a big fan of Bennett Swigert. 
Uh, Bennett's a great guy. He's a hell of an OC, and I know he loves being at South Carolina State, but he's on some radars out there, so we'll see what happens in the next few years. But he likes being close to home and Somerville and all that, um, and I like what he does with their offense. So I'm anxious to see the Bulldogs offensively. Um, South Carolina, again, I kind of I want to see more of the same from this past week. I want to see more of the same, JC. Let's continue to try to figure out this run game. Still don't love the scheme, but uh, nobody has to love it if it works. So if they can find a way to get it working, that's all that matters. And, um, and then on the defensive side, you know, kind of continue to try to find their footing and be more aggressive as the year goes along. So uh, let's, let's, let's put them somewhere in the upper 30s. Um, I, I think Gamecocks will hang somewhere between 35 and 40 on SC State. You know, let's go 40 to 14 South Carolina. 40, 14. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be similar to the like 38-3, 38-14, 40. Yeah, similar to previous SC State Gamecock matchups. So, mm-hmm. that'll be good. Well, JB, hope you're doing well. I, I know you're down on the coast, so I hope yep. – uh, the storm affects you at all. I hope you and your family obviously are safe, and I'm sure we'll talk really, really soon. Yep, we appreciate it. Hope everybody's having a great week, and uh, if you can get out there tomorrow night, get out there and see them. Go Cox. See you next week. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Oh, okay. oh I meant to say this. Uh, screw Kentucky. Hope yes. they get their ass beat this weekend. They probably are. Hundred to nothing. I'm predicting it right now. Lane Kiffin, Kiffin hundred to nothing. Hundred to nothing. <laughs> so hang a whole hundred on them. <laughs> hang a whole hundred on them. All right. So thank you very much, JB. And uh, we'll, we're going to talk a lot about the Wildcats next. I week. have respect for Kentucky. I, I, it's already bleeding through a little bit. We talked about Kentucky a lot earlier on the yeah, show. So. I, I have respect for them. I just can't stand them. It's it's gotten to that point, and it used to not be. It used to be like, why in the hell are you losing these guys? And now it's like. People right, said that about us during one period. They were like, screw yeah. these guys. We should yeah, be beating our ass here. these guys, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right, bud. Will you take it easy? All right, yeah, see man. ya. Mm-hmm. All right. When we got to get out of here. We got a carpool situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. happens a lot. And uh, thanks all for joining in tomorrow. Uh, again, we got uh, a game day lineup. No show on Friday because we don't. We're not going to do a show after game day. You, I mean, you know, guys, I'll be a, I'll be a wreck. <laughs> you know, I was coming here with a massive hangover, but we not. But no, no, everybody, it's good when you got Thursday games to take a day off. You know, uh, and we have to build those in since we're grinding to this all the time. But we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Then we'll be back Monday uh, with a full recap, and we'll look forward to to those uh, talking about those Wildcats a little more. Um, for Phil Mullinax, J.C. Sherbert, this has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Don't forget, you can pick it up on podcast format uh, here in the next couple of hours, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, tomorrow.